three. What's up, everybody? I'm Kay Marie. I am Lou. I'm Mary. And we are Mert in the Midwest. Imagine showing up to your shift as usual, minding your own business, just being a good kid. Okay. You just showing up to work like you always do. All right. Try to put some money in your pocket after graduating high school. Only I think we before. all were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I know no, I was working. I wasn't. Or uh, after college or after high school, yes, my first year of college, yes, I was. And so she had just graduated high school. Okay. And was um, saving up for college. Okay. Um, only for her to go to work and this to be the worst. And also the last day that she will ever show up for this job. Baby, now there are jobs where it be your last day to show up because the motherfuckers get on your nerves. And I'm a quit. And I'm a see you <laughs> never. But this ain't that. This ain't that. Mm -mm. Mm. So we're going to do, we're going to start with a trigger warning. Already? Yeah. Line, line three, we start right now. Right now, this actually happened. Okay, well, hold on. Before we here. before we even do this, I yeah. I need a little more. I'll throw it up. No problem. Throw it up because if we about to get right on into the shit, then I need a little more looking. No problem. And this ain't a sponsored video, but if Double uh, XL want to go ahead and throw us some dollars, right? Because it is pretty mm -hmm. delicious. Mm -hmm. I know they said mango. I was getting a little peach. I don't know. Okay, but yes. So there is a trigger warning. Um, this does go into details of rape, uh, abuse. Um, and we don't go into the details because we're just like obsessed with gore or gory details or things like that. Uh, we go into the details as to not take away from what these victims endured, what they had to actually um, experience and what these people are guilty of. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's really easy to sugarcoat and be like, oh, well, they killed them. No, they were heinous. Yes. They, they didn't even treat them with the respect that you would give to an animal. An animal. It was them getting their whatever they get from what they do yep. that's what it was yeah. and sometimes people just do complete overkill like mm -hmm. they like the victim is already dead and people still do the absolute most mm -hmm. so i just feel like sometimes people just do too much but what point did you prove well and not only that like the excuses that they give mm -hmm. like like at the end of the cases when they start saying, oh, well, I had... No, you didn't have to do any of this. Oh, and this one is filled with, I got a reason for this or the excuse for this. Nobody wants to hear any of your reasons, mm -hmm. any of your excuses. They really just want you to shut the fuck up and go ahead and get to the electric chair. <laughs> the judge sitting there like... Mm -hmm. Please mm -hmm. shut the fuck up because I don't want to <laughs> hear this shit. If judges could say, please shut the fuck up, mm -hmm. I'm sure many of them would. Oh, yeah. So, um, here in Merck in the Midwest... We give the facts of the case and then we follow with our opinions and what we think. So mm -hmm. we just gonna go ahead and start, put that out there. All right, so our story today is about Crystal Hilmkin. Uh, she was a 19 year old who worked at the White Hand Pantry in Valparaiso, Indiana. Oh, that's close. Very close. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was an honors high school graduate. She was working to save for college. She typically worked alone on the late shift. Mm -hmm. um, and so because of this, police officers on night duty, they would just stop by to get a cup of coffee or a donut or whatever, mm -hmm. just to check in on her. Mm -hmm. It was a, like, you know, a kind of town like where people knew each other. And Valpo is, is that type of town. Mm -hmm. It's So most 
of the towns when you're talking about northwest indiana are small towns even the ones that are considered cities are small um you have a lot of camaraderie a lot of everyone looking out for their neighbors mm -hmm. that type of activity and you're going to see that it is close-knit so everyone who's anyone know someone yeah you know you can have an incident happen and it's like well you may not know that person but you know their brother or you know their mother or in some facet it has touched your life um and really when you think about valpo like it it seems big but it's, it's really, really not no, that big no. um and so crystal she was uh working alone at the Whitehand Pantry in Valparaiso, Indiana, in the early hours of November 14, 1990, when she was abducted, raped, brutalized, mm -hmm. tortured, and then murdered. Mm -hmm. uh, her body was found later that day at a construction site near Highway 6 in Valparaiso, and the autopsy, uh, the autopsy showed the cause of death to be a shotgun wound to the head, oh my and further revealed that she had been sexually assaulted. Uh, with severe injuries to her pubic area as well as her anal canal. Okay. So that's why I did the trigger warning trigger warning because early just, because it, it gets it just, right into it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was all on early hours of November 14th. So they had found her body at this construction site. Then the afternoon of the 14th, they found her checkbook in the driveway of 206 Holcomb in LaPorte, Indiana. Oh, and that's okay. So... For those who don't know Northwest Indiana, when you're talking about the span of what we have, you have um, a few counties that are in Northwest Indiana. We are considered a Chicagoland region. Most of the area can be reached. You can reach Chicago within an hour or less. Um, Valpo is more east. So you are talking about an area like when you're coming from Chicago, since it's more west, you're going to hit Gary before you hit Valpo. You're going to hit Hobart before you hit Valpo. And then um, after that, then you hit the unincorporated area, but then you hit Valpo. They have like townships like South Haven yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it is a very quaint, but very like uh, populated area. Mm -hmm. um, they have a really cute like downtown area that is... Um, like the center of everything and most people historical. love it's historical people love to go down there um some cool things that um, happen in valpo is you know the popcorn festival because orville redenbacher started his popcorn in valparaiso indiana See, i didn't even know that and they have harry potter fest in july they i do. didn't know about the harry potter fest but i didn't know that yeah um that's actually why when you're in the downtown square where that music show is mm -hmm. there's actually a statue of well it's a sculpture of Orville sitting on a bench. Mm -hmm. That's who's on the bench. That's Orville Redenbach. Oh, yeah. Look at me like I took a picture with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like a very, um, you know, homey, warm feeling when you're downtown, even though it's a downtown area. It's like a very. Like square. Like It is a square. It's square. Yeah. It yeah. is a square. And it's a lot of, you know, shops, small businesses and restaurants and, um, just all kinds of things. There's a skating rink. Mm -hmm. um, they use it in the summertime for like festivals and stuff. Um, but it's like a very like together community type of. It reminds you, know. you of Crown Point a little bit. Like their mm -hmm. downtown square area. Yeah. It's, it's literally almost the same. Everything is like one directional. It got some of the same 
uh like restaurants because they're pretty much franchises but it's like a lot of it, it some of them it, it, but yeah. some of them are like you have the franchises like um, ricochet ricochet and you have the true whiskey mm -hmm. but then you have other ones that are truly their own small businesses Home. like mediterina uh which is fabulous mediterranean food and you have stacks which is their own original and um, i love stacks the blockhead they make their own beer and stuff like that so it's a regional like stuff that you are only going to get there you're not going to find it anywhere else they take pride in their stuff you know people take pride in their community in in this you know area um and this was early 90s oh yeah was still the case yeah absolutely <laughs> it was even more so then you yeah. know now i feel like people are branching out and this they're was, doing some more yeah i was about to say in the 90s it was definitely like where i feel like as far as in this area no matter where you were it was a lot of like you know your neighbor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like growing up i knew who my neighbors were oh for sure you talked to we them we talked to them now i feel like nowadays it's more like where you don't even know your neighbor's name well you know i think because um especially with the age that we're in we are off a of coat you know coming off the heels of covid kids are definitely more into their devices mm. um even the adults are more into their devices social media and stuff like that it definitely changes how you interact with people mm -hmm. um so that does change that element of community but generally once you live somewhere for a while you're going to get to know who they are at least you may not know a lot about them it may not be like back in the day when y'all would talk and like if you, if they saw you were sick and you hadn't shoveled your snow in a couple of days yeah. they coming out and they yeah. shoveling and you know stuff like that but to go back to those days would be so fantastic mm -hmm. but we don't do that now like every i think everybody is so yeah yeah it's great to mind your business everybody is so pro i'm out of my business i ain't, they ain't got shit to do with me like a, a house on fire i'm gonna keep walking past because i ain't had shit to do with it but it would be nice to just get back to those times that everybody actually giving a shit about each other but even it if they takes don't. you know what's crazy is i have these conversations all the time so um i think that it takes people actually doing it not just talking about mm -hmm. it like you have to my dad used to always say to make a friend, you have to show yourself friendly. Mm -hmm. So if you want these things in your community, you have to start doing them. Right, but also people are so apprehensive too. Like mm -hmm. when you so nice to them, they're like, it's what a you setup. trying to do? Right. right. What you trying so to do? Why are you being like, nice to me? Why are you talking to me? Who are you? Yeah, a lot of people are just so, I guess, <laughs> Are you trying to make it on the Merc in the Midwest? Because <laughs> you trying to kill me? You trying to make me <laughs> everything just feel like a setup like we could be somewhere like i remember just being on a trip in the south i was i was somewhere in texas and like these ladies walked up to me and one of my friends and she was like oh my god you girls are so pretty and we just like i told y'all about that right like bitch you about to we about to slap this bitch right now because mm -hmm. she's too friendly mm -hmm. let me tell y'all so <laughs> we went we went to go visit um one of my cousins in san antonio and we were there just at this winery Having a good time talking, mm -hmm. sitting out on the <clears throat> sitting out on this patio with um, our little drinks and stuff. And this man had a little dog, and um, I think so. One of my cousins saw him and was like, "Oh, he's so cute!" And, like giving him rubs and stuff. I don't even remember the dog's name, but anyway. So as we're doing this and we're talking to him, he was like, "You know, I just love seeing people out having a good time, and you ladies, you know, you're beautiful, and you're just really enjoying each other's company." Um, whatever the dog's name was, 
wanted to buy us a drink he said so he bought us a round of drinks and it was like really nice mm-hmm. and like, like and so those side eyes that y'all were given it's like when you live in a community where you don't have that or you do have it and it was there but then it's kind of gone mm-hmm. and so now you're kind of on the leery like a mm, you stay over there you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you that feeling. But then you also have to remember, like, you have to remove yourself from that. Mm-hmm. Because not everyone has bad intentions. Absolutely. But I feel like it goes into, like, you know, I've seen men talk about how sometimes I just be saying, hey, to a girl. And um, they don't want uh, anything. I don't want anything. I don't want you nothing, nothing. I was just seeing how you was doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so hard to believe that because when you've experienced where most of the time where you're being approached. Somebody wants something from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was an older man. We could see as the drinks were being poured. So we yeah. knew, you know what I mean? No, and it in wasn't... those cases, I'm, I'm a much more friendly person in cases mm-hmm. like that. Even when people come up and compliment me, because I'm a complimentary person. You know, I'm mm-hmm. quick to tell somebody like, ooh, I like your shoes. Uh-huh. Or, oh my God, them earrings. Like, right. no matter where I am, I'm in a club or a bar or whatever. I'm like, oh girl, this, that, and that. Or, ooh, hey dude, this, that, and that. I like this. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, people have told me. I've had people tell me that I'm uh, too flirtatious or, Mm -hmm. oh, you're too friendly and things like that. And it's like, I'm just a likable person. So like I said, they went to this address in LaPorte. Okay. And this was the residence of a man named Perry Miller, his wife, Betty, Mm -hmm. Betty's 19-year-old son, William Harmon, and Harmon's 16-year-old friend, Rodney Wood. So wait a minute. They all were living in this home? The friend? Yes. The mom? The gra- I'm sorry, the grandma. No. So it's the man, his wife. Okay. Her son. So it was his stepson. Okay. And his... then the stepson's friend. Okay. Why was the friend living in the house with Do you? not know. Um, if probably, anyone knows, I want to know. Probably because <laughs> of some issues At home. that they had. Okay. So uh, the police actually questioned Miller um, as to the whereabouts of Harmon and Wood, he informed them that the last time he had seen them was at approximately midnight the previous evening when they left the residence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he consented to a search of his home, and two shotguns were found All in baby. the attic of a bedroom, which baby Miller, Miller identified as Harmon and Woods. So he not even knowing nothing going on. He's like, sure, search this house. Ain't nothing going on over yeah, here, officer. So, you know, he denied See, kids, his- kids, <laughs> children. I don't even have no damn kids, but I got nephews. Nephews. I hope you're listening. Don't you ever have me out here bad in these streets. Don't have me looking like a damn dummy. Tell me something. Something. Give me a heads up. Anything. Like, give me the side eye. Like, when he be like, let's search this house. He'd be like, anything. But anything. At, at this point, though, Harvey them weren't there. Oh, my I God. So, <laughs> you know. Don't have me out here bad in these streets looking like a damn dummy. <laughs> So they found the shotguns. Miller denied having seen the shotguns previously. Um, at this time, he was not considered a suspect. Okay. On November 15, 1990, the Owensboro, Kentucky police notified authorities in Valparaiso that they had taken four individuals into custody. Two of them resided at the 206 Holcomb residence. And they were none other than William Harmon and Rodney Wood. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Not surprised at all because this little ass can't even go home. So, so what the hell he been doing? So officers from the Indiana State Police 
I'm and the Porter here. County uh, Sheriff's Department went to Owensboro and they transported Harmon Wood and two 15-year-old girls, Stephanie Bell and April Bowman, back to Valparaiso and interrogated them. Along with bringing them back, they brought back a vehicle that had been stolen from LaPorte, Indiana. Okay. Which the four of them had driven to Owensboro. Yeah. And can y'all guess what was inside the vehicle? Well, let me guess. Let's see. Well, we know the shotguns was in the uh, attic, so that wasn't it. But they had took a checkbook, right? No, the checkbook was found outside the residence. That's what made them. Maybe relax. it was her purse, a body, a wallet. It uh, was a black leather coat belonging to Crystal, and a blue spotted shirt, which was missing one sleeve. That will come up later. Okay. You know what? What the hell, y'all? You so, know, back in the day. <laughs> Wilson's was a very popular store and if you needed a leather coat you could go there and get one on the cheap cheap for like 15 bucks. Could you imagine them giving this coat to one of these 15 year old girls? First of all why is a 19 year old and a 16 year old with two 15 year old girls? Statutory rape. Where is his charges? Mm, they're coming. They're not gone. So oh, never mind. <laughs> so both Harmon and Wood uh, gave statements to police at that time. Why was the, the, hold on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Squirrel brain. <laughs> Why was the 19-year-old hanging out with the 16-year-old again anyway? You friends. didn't graduated high school, sir. What the hell are you doing? They were but you know what this reminds me of? So, I don't know if you remember a couple years back in Portage. It was like this girl. She was like 25, 24, 25. And she made a drug deal with these two teenagers that was like 15, 16 years old. It was three of them. She, they drove out there. I don't know if y'all all are familiar with where Frontier is. Right on the curve. Yeah, so she met them in a parking lot. They ended up robbing her, killing her, and dumping her body. Oh, I remember the story. And it's just like, why are you dealing with children? Like, you're a child, regardless it's a drug deal, whatever. I anytime there's teen attached to anybody name, keep me out of it. No, listen. So I'ma just say I'ma just say I'ma just say this. Like we real we real grown. In my twenties, I will say the environment in which I worked in, I worked around young people. But I'm not kicking it with I'm not saying I'm not gonna never talk to you. I'm not gonna act like you don't exist no, in the we world. Not, we but not I'm friends. not kicking it with you like that. We're not friends. My We're so friends. I do I do have two friends that are younger than me, but we were all in our twenties at this time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I'm 20 and I'm hanging out with a 15 year old. That's some weird ass shit. Like, what do you really, I mean, you may have things in common. You may have stuff that y'all find funny. It may be activities that you do that are similar, but if I'm 21 and I can drink and you can't drink, what we doing? You can't even buy a damn lottery ticket. Well, Harmon and Wood, both gave statements to the police and they sang like canaries. Because they always gonna tell. Remember when we did that poll and I said don't have don't have but do it by yourself. Here's the killer part though. In both of their statements, they mentioned Mr. Perry Miller. Oh shit. This man who ain't know nothing about nothing. Uh-huh. In both of their statements, they mentioned him. Hey Perry. So here's a timeline of events. So we're gonna go back 
and I'm gonna give y'all the details. Oh jeez. Oh, so again, trigger warning. Trigger warning. On Monday, November 12th, 1990, Perry Miller started a conversation with Wood and Harmon, suggesting that he knew a place they could rob. Oh. Oh, he gave him the idea. Yeah. Okay. That's... What what K what what's Kay's famous famous line is? You could have just filled out a job application. You sure could have. Simple. Simple. You know what? You could have just set your ass down and been broke. That too. So Rodney Wood and William Harmon, they had a history. They had previously stolen several cars. They had committed robbery. And they were looking for money to fund uh, their little road trip to Kentucky where they were. <laughs> And I, if you, you see what I mean? In 1990, gas had to be like, <laughs> wait what, a minute. First of all, in 1990, don't even play us like that. I'm going to tell you, in 1998, when I started driving, gas was 98 cents. So I'm going to tell you, it was at least 80 cents then. And I said 79 cents. I was close. She being funny. But it Maybe was Maybe I was cheap. born in 1990. I know the... I know the <laughs> The, the cheap shit I wish we had in that with gas being almost $4. So you literally had to steal to get $10? To go up the street to Kentucky. To get, because it only, it, you could have probably got to Kentucky on almost one tank. So you only did $10. So you had to go do what? Yeah. Wait, maybe $15. Because you know the miles per gallon on them cars. Right. But I'm just saying like. You could have looked on the street behind somebody and they would have dropped ten dollars. You could have got a job. First of all, you could have cut somebody. You wouldn't even have to get a job. Fuck cut a job. Somebody grass. Cut somebody grass. That's ten dollars right there. What the fuck are you doing? Look, what a time. What a time. So, Perry Miller described the White Hand Pantry in Valparaiso as a good place to rob. Oh my God. The following evening, Tuesday, November thirteenth, nineteen ninety, Wood and Harmon had several discussions with Miller regarding the White Hand Pantry. Also regarding Crystal, the clerk that worked at the White Hand Pantry. Mm -hmm. Surprise. Both Wood and Harmon, in their statement, stated that Miller suggested they should kidnap, rape, and kill her as part of the robbery. Now I call bullshit on that. It's that's giving a BTK killer now. That's, that's giving, let me put, some, put the blame on somebody else. But wait. Now he, he might have told him to go ahead and rob, but I don't think that he told him to rape, rob, and murder her. There's more. Come on. So what what what's Perry's deal? What how old was Perry? Perry at the time was hold on. I want to say he was like thirty six. A whole grown ass. What is Perry's name? Something like that. What's Perry's name again? Perry Miller. Hold on, let me look up. No, if you look it up, it's gonna give you too much information. Hold on, I need to look him up. See, we have this amazing thing in Indiana. It's called Indiana Court Records. Perry Miller was 43 at the time. Oh, he'll, see, he sounds like a Super grown ass. If he, told, this, if he told them to do that, he a straight up pedophile. It's your big age. He's straight now up. listen. To rape and and rob and murder a 19-year-old a girl. Listen. It's giving so, pedophile. The three of them left the home at 206 Holcomb at approximately midnight on November 13th in Miller's vehicle with Miller driving. Mm, mm, mm. Um... The first thing he did was he drove them to a construction site near Valparaiso to show the other two where he wanted them to bring her. Miller then drove to the White Hand Pantry where he dropped off Harmon and Wood, having advised them to purchase two cans of pop, then to pull a weapon on her when she opened the cash register drawer. Harmon and Wood did as advised, 
forced her to give them her keys and took Crystal in her car to the construction site where Miller was waiting. Were these two like special needs kids or something? They were a 19 year old and a 16 year old. They, were, they didn't have any special needs or anything like that. What is going on if somebody can tell like okay I understand well, you, you got money. Think, I understand you, you got money. The 19 year old this is his stepdad telling him to do this stuff. I don't care. I, I know you don't, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like some people, they take that I feel parental like, role and they take advantage of it. I feel like that, but I'm just thinking of, like, the boys. And I'm thinking of, like, young kid, like younger kids that I know. And I just don't see them being okay with somebody be like, oh, come on, we're going to kill this little girl. We're going to take over here. We're going to just, I don't feel like, mm-mm. They be like, yeah, fuck you. I bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you can have a you can have a I'm gonna go ahead and rob this place, but you can go fuck yourself because I'm not doing that. Well, you can do it if you want to do it so damn bad. Go ahead. And then let me call the cops. Well, here's where we get into the details of what they did to Crystal. Oh my lord. So I think y'all might wanna stop watching or listening. Yeah, just when go she ahead gets to, to this point. Like, yeah. So, if you can't handle it. It is a trigger warning. We've said that many times on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Harmon and Wood brought Crystal into the home that was being constructed. Mm-hmm. And Harmon gagged her. So that shirt that was missing a sleeve, he took they her used sleeve. the sleeve to gag her. They didn't even come prepared. Miller had followed Harmon and Wood to the site in his car. And upon entering the home, he began to fondle Crystal. As she attempted to move away from him, Miller threw her to the floor and continued to fondle her, tearing her blouse, removing her pants and underwear. Then he directed Wood to engage in sexual intercourse with her, which he did. Although Wood did not ejaculate inside her, he finished whatever, got off, and then Miller directed Harmon to engage in sexual intercourse with her, and he did ejaculate inside of Kristen. Which is evidence. You know what this is sounding like, honestly, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the people who were involved in this. It honestly sounds like that man abused them. I wouldn't be surprised. It sounds like you you direct them to have sex with somebody that they just kidnapped and they just do it. That sounds like they've been abused. Well, when Harmon was finished... Miller directed Harmon and Wood to tie her to a wall, which they did. Miller then began to hit her, mm-hmm. first with his fist, then with a two-by-four piece of wood. Lord have mercy. Harmon asked Miller for permission to hit Crystal with his 12-gauge shotgun. And when granted permission, he did strike Crystal with the shotgun. Yeah, that's giving abuse. Mm. Miller also struck crystal with an ice pick or a buck knife oh in, my her, God. in her right breast and thigh all three men exited the home briefly to count the money that they had stole from this white hand pantry then Miller and how much you really gonna get from a damn white hand pantry y'all that's like a little corner store it's like a seven it's not like isn't yeah it's not like we're talking about some kind of like a uh, big box store that's like you know, night hours or something like we're talking we're not talking about a Kmart. We're talking about white hen. It's like 
the size of most people's first level of their house. And it's got like chips and soda. You might have a couple of little odds and ends. This is a little place. What kind of damn money did they think they was getting out of there? Yep. I never saw, like, there was never anything I saw where it said how much money they had actually. Probably stolen. didn't give shit. Um, but then Miller told Harmon and Wood to find something with which to rectally assault Crystal. Oh my God. Harmon took the tire iron from Crystal's vehicle mm. and proceeded to rectally assault her with mm. the tire iron while Wood held her leg. Miller then told Harmon it was time to kill Crystal. Miller uh, told Wood to pull Crystal's car around so that the lights would shine into the house. Harmon then escorted Crystal, still bound and gagged, out of the home and down the hill to point away from the home. Was she alive during this? Yes, she was. Oh, my God. And this was when they shot her in the back of the head with a shotgun. But for what? Like, oh, my God. Harmon then got into Crystal's car with Wood and they returned to the residence at 206 Holcomb where Miller arrived a few minutes later. And as we've already said, Wood and Harmon along with two 15-year-old girls then packed Crystal's car. And Wait a minute. The girls packed the damn car? And left for Kentucky. Yes, ma'am. At approximately 2 a.m. on November 14, 1990. So what did the girls think was going on? I don't know. I guess they just figured these It's two, a party. Oh my God. At 2 a.m. They got a car. We didn't talk. They, well, they had already known about this trip to Kentucky. This was the whole point of them planning the robbery. So then as we know, they were arrested in Owensboro, Kentucky on the morning of November 15th, 1990. Um, they were actually camped out by the car. When they were arrested, they were brought back to Valpo. Um... Mm. Harmon's statement was used to support the affidavit of probable cause, which was made by Detective Ivan Blackman of the Valparaiso Police Department in seeking the arrest warrant for Perry Stephen Miller. Mm -hmm. Although Harmon did not testify at trial and his statement was not used any further. Wood's statement, however, which was basically the exact same as Harmon's, was played for the jury. Oh. So, there was some question as to whether Miller was really present for this incident. Harmon stated that Miller watched while there was some, like, there was, like, confusion. Like, So, the statements didn't match, and they were probably, like, overlapping and causing a, a little bit of, are y'all lying to try to set, put it yeah. all on him? Yeah. Or, but some but of it sounds like... But it's like, y'all already like he, admitted to doing the... What y'all admitted to doing shows he was present. Mm -hmm. Because if he's giving you permission and giving you direction to do this in the process of your acts that you're doing, what he was on the phone, you didn't have cell phones really. I mean, you had brick phones. Like, some had to give. <laughs> so, Miller was arrested. Hello. By the Valparaiso I'm a criminal. Department. I'm a piece of shit criminal. <laughs> and I'm telling early... you to do horrible fucking things. In the early morning hours of November 17th. Y'all want to know where they found him when he was arrested? Who? This is hilarious. Miller? Miller. He was... Wait, hold on. Let me guess. I got some guesses. I got some guesses. I got some Okay, was he at Romantics on uh, 20? Mm -mm. Was he at Walmart? No, I'll give you a hint. He was home. He was at home. Was he taking a shit? No. 
<laughs> what a bad way to go out. Imagine getting arrested while you on the toilet. Like, excuse me, Mr. Officer. I got a, I got a white. Can, can I, I wipe? wipe? <laughs> hey, what are you reaching for? Tissue, my guy. Right. <laughs> Um, was he you're watching not going to, You're not going to guess. Was he... I'll even tell you he was in the backyard. Was he burying stuff? Burying evidence? Mm, close! Close. He was burning <laughs> evidence. No. He was looking at evidence and reminiscing. He was found lying in a sandbox in his backyard covered with leaves it's wearing a parka and several layers of clothing he was buried he was high oh my god are you so dumb <laughs> who had the oh my god oh shit now, hold on let me come on first of all you know what you know what this is giving you guilty as hell no you know what it's giving it's giving i was in the military I bet you he was. I need to see his service record. Because you know what, military? I mean, I love our service service men and women who are out here doing Thank their you thing. For Thank your you. Service. No, for real. Thank you for your service. I couldn't. <laughs> but I will tell you one thing that seems to be missed a lot is the mental health checks. Mm -hmm. We need to be checking these people before we teaching them how to become a deadly ass weapon. I didn't see anything that mentioned him being I in the military. I bet you he was. I have some of the history on his past and his background, but I didn't see anything about him being mm. in the military. But yeah, so he was found lying in a sandbox. Covered camouflage. You don't see me. Just like he in a damn hunger game. Sandy leaves, baby. Sandy leaves. Like, I'm not going to move. Like, remember how Peter was? Peter was? Yeah. Mm -hmm, he was yeah. like that. And so... Now we get, into, with the rock. <laughs> we get into the court proceedings. Jesus Christ. Which, I'm going to tell y'all right now, it's a lot. Oh, God. It's a mess. It, was a, it was a hot mess. So, we are going to get into the court proceedings. So, an initial hearing was held on November 19th, 1990, at which time Anthony Burdick appeared as private counsel on behalf of Miller. Mm-hmm. On November 26, 1990, Burdick was granted leave to withdraw his appearance. So, November what? 19th, he was assigned as private counsel. On the 26th, they granted him leave to withdraw. Oh, okay. Because I was like, now wait a minute. Because it was sounding real familiar. Then on December 11, 1990, Ronald Onks appeared as public defender for Miller. Mm -hmm. A week later, Onks filed a motion to set bail a motion for early trial, and a motion to change venue. At a hearing on December 28, 1990, the court granted his motion for early trial and set the trial for February 26, 1991. They did deny the motion for change of venue, but ordered that the jury be drawn from a county other than Porter County. But you know what? All this says when it talks about in in the like what's supposed to happen in the justice system is you're supposed to get a jury of your peers. I don't really understand why, and maybe someone does know why, but like why do they allow you to change places? Because of all of the news, negative news attention that it was getting. Because again, we talked about Valpo being this small homie town, mm -hmm. and so if y'all are pulling people from this same town mm -hmm. they probably knew this girl in some way or sh shape or whatever mm -hmm. and they've heard the news mm -hmm. and they're devastated and this is the people that's going to judge me i would rather go to a different county i bet you would rather yeah but you know what i think this is just me this is harshly justice <laughs> i think you should have to deal with it 
You was big, bad, and bold enough to go fucking do it. Well, but that's that's the reason why that he requested that. Deal with it. Sound it like a personal denied. problem. But they did say that they would grab for the jury. They would grab from a county other than Porter County. Um, now, where is Pulaski County at? That's a good question. Let's find out. I want to know how far it is from, because I know we have Lake County, Laporte County. No, so this was Porter. They didn't say where they pulled from people. It's Winnemac. Madariville, Francisville, Star City. Okay. So it was like right there. It says it was selected from Pulaski County. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So then on January 11th, mm -hmm. 1991, the state moved to continue the trial date to allow for the testing of certain evidence by experts. And the court granted that motion on January 15th, resetting the trial for April 2nd, 1991. Okay. Onks. That's Miller's uh, public Lawyer. defender. Mm -hmm. He filed a 46-page motion. I'm not reading it. To, <laughs> to dismiss well, the state's request for a death sentence on March 13, 1991. Oh, look at Indiana. Come on, Indiana with a death sentence. But the motion, was, <laughs> the motion was denied. Damn it. Court. So they did a request um, to dismiss the death sentence. It oh. was denied. Okay, yeah. Keep that death sentence on the... You might need it. So... Mm -hmm. On March 28th, Onks uh, filed a motion to exclude evidence, arguing that because he had not yet received the expert reports on the physical evidence, the expert evidence should be excluded. So his thing was that, you know, because he got into this late, mm -hmm. because he had one lawyer, oh, he left, mama. there was a time where he had nobody defending him, then this lawyer steps in. And it was like right before he was saying he didn't have he, he didn't receive anything. Mm -hmm. So he felt like it should be removed. he needed he needed at least the opportunity so to review the evidence so that he could at least put up. I mean, even guilty people do get the right to have a proper defense. Yes. So April 6th, after the jury had been selected, the court took up his um, his motion. He stated to the court that he had received the DNA report from the FBI the previous day okay so he had just got it all right as well as the indiana state police forensic report that morning he thus asked the court to take the motion under advisement and here's what the court said the court decided to let the motion pin to give him leave to renew the motion during trial if he felt it necessary what so you mean, what you they mean? decided yeah. to let them instead of going ahead and whether approving or denying the motion they decided to leave it where it was and pending to give him opportunity what he felt was time okay 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 that seems fair you're right and so they told him you know basically they left it to him and they said we'll leave you where you can renew the motion during trial if you feel it's necessary so the jury was as you said selected from a panel of citizens in Pulaski County over four days that mm -hmm. was April 2nd to April 5th of 1991 um, opening statements were made on April 6th 1991 and then the jury began hearing evidence on April 8th, 1991. So you guys, um, this is going to be our little bit of a pause because this is our second part tour. It is. And we, um, we do the part twos when we want to make sure that we don't miss any information. Also, where we're not keeping y'all hostage for two, nine three hours. hours. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so it's um, a work shift. <laughs> so we're going to stop here and we'll pick up where we left off next week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, 
We got TikTok. TikTok. YouTube, please follow us on YouTube. And like we're us. We're on the Twitter page. Hit that um, like and subscribe button. Make, we can say it now. Yes. Five star and review. comment. And yes. comment. You know what? If you don't like us, you can comment and say you don't like us, but make sure you hit that five star. If you do like us, you can comment and say you like us and hit that five star. And like we always if say, you we do feedback. Right. We want feedback. And if you don't like us, still subscribe. It's fine. It's all right. Make sure you turn the notifications on. Please. Please. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>